listener production. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Sydney Around Town Summer Series. I'm Emma Joyce, Broadsheet's Features Editor, and this year I've had the pleasure of hosting this short audio guide to Sydney. As we wrap up for 2023, I've been thinking about the conversations we've had in this studio, from hearing about the latest restaurant and cafe and bar openings with the Broadsheet team, to chatting with people making Sydney an excellent place to live. High up on the list of local changemakers is Odd Culture Group CEO, James Thorpe. His company owns and operates the Duke of Enmore, the Old Fitz, Odd Culture in Newtown and Fitzroy, and now Spawn Bottle Shop and Wine Bar. When we spoke in May, Odd Culture had just announced its plans for a new nightclub. It made headlines for being a landmark moment in licensing, and when it opens, Pleasure Club will operate until 4am with free live music every night of the week. What I learned from my chat with James is that he has a deep passion for creating welcoming community spaces in his pubs, and that having a consistent live music program is part of that. James is a true champion of local music, and he's supremely knowledgeable about the impact of poker machines on Australia's pub life. I can't wait to chew the fat with James again when Pleasure Club is finally up and running, this time with a Negroni in both of our hands. Late last year, Odd Culture Group, which is the group that you are the CEO and director of, James Thorpe, you announced that you were going to be opening a new place in Newtown that has a 4am license and it became a big deal. It made headlines because it's the first time in a century that pocket, very specific pocket that is City of Sydney operated will be given a license to run that early or late, depending on how you think about it. So this new place in Newtown, Pleasure Club, why is it called Pleasure Club? I guess um, there's a lot of different angles that we came at for the name and everyone in the team that put it together over the past two years or two and a half years sort of had a different take on it, which I actually think is a really, you know, what makes it quite special. My personal take um, is kind of philosophical. So uh, to cut a sort of very long story short, my foray into hospitality was via studying to be an academic Uh, which, you know, given what's happened in the past three years, thank God that didn't come to fruition, although hospitality uh, wasn't affected at all by COVID, as we know. Uh, No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) This kind of idea that, um, that that was made popular by ancient philosophers like Epicurus, that pleasure is the ultimate good in life. And uh, we should maximize things that maximize pleasure and minimize pain, basically. How that sort of connects in with hospitality is, and what what really attracted me to the industry in the first place is, we're given this really unique kind of trust by patrons who come to our venues. We're given this, uh, what you'd call a phenomenological access that any other sort of industry doesn't really get to touch. So we get to control what people taste, smell, see, touch, uh, all of the senses. We get to immerse people in a a fully curated experience. So when sort of putting together the concept, the way I sort of came at it was that, you know, we're building a little sort of pocket universe, as it were, um, where we get to immerse people in all the best things about life, where you can shed your pain at the door and come in uh, to a space that highlights all the best parts of, you know, welcoming hospitality, good drinks, um, and obviously the live entertainment, which will be quite substantial and always free at that venue. 
Let's talk about the places you already operate so that listeners can kind of get yep. their heads around what this might look like. So you have the Duke of Edmore, yep. the Oxford Tavern, yep. Og Culture in mm-hmm. Newtown and the Bottle Shop as yep. well. What am I missing? The Old Fits. And the Old Fits, of course. And Mullamaloo. Yeah, of course. Sydney's best part. Really, really good venues. <laughs> Genuinely, very good venue. We had our Christmas party there last year. Oh, did Broadsheet. you? Yeah, we did. So is Pleasure Club an extension of any of those venues? No, but it is a, a, uh, an expression of our interest in hospitality and um, particularly in live music. So whereas the Duke is one of Sydney's premier live music venues with a five-day entertainment roster, Pleasure Club will have a seven-day entertainment roster, always free, um, and obviously has this development consent from council to trade until 4 a.m. Um, every night, including Sunday. Which is really different. And I know that you've said in previous interviews that you know there's an appetite because of the crowds that you almost have to like turf out at midnight. We shoo them away. And I always tell this story in the context of of this project because um, it's Newtown and King Street in particular is quite close to my heart in my hospitality career. I worked uh, as the manager at the Newtown Hotel before I bought my first pub. And uh, when we'd finish our shift, which was at the pub would close at midnight at that time, um, you know, the cohort there, you all want to go for a drink together. And we used to be sort of placed in this dilemma um, at that time where you can either go up to the Marley bar and have sort of like a vodka lime soda spilt in your lap on the side of the dance floor. Which is sometimes a great Which time. is really fun sometimes. <laughs> but if you've just done like a 10-hour shift, it's not always how you want to spend your, your, um, your time sort of blowing off steam afterwards. Or you can sit in a bright gaming room, basically, um, because Newtown, um, for the beautiful entertainment precinct that it is, it's blessed with many, many pubs and not very many bars. Um, in fact, I think it has the highest density of hotel licenses in New South Wales, but barely any small bars. Um, in fact, it, well, there weren't any at that time. I think there are only um, sort of two or three small bar licenses on the strip in comparison with, you know, I think there are 12 or 13 hotel licenses and over two, 200 restaurant licenses on that strip. So we wanted to com- to create a space with Pleasure Club uh, when we saw the space pop up that offers just something different in those late time hours. And that's kind of a passion of the group and a passion project of mine, um, certainly with Opening Odd Culture, the, which is a one hat um, casual dining restaurant on King Street, which had the first 2am development consent at that time. You know, the concept of a one hat casual fine dining restaurant being open that late is sort of confusing, especially in a Sydney context. Like I know in Melbourne, you know, dinner sort of starts later for some reason than it does That's in right. Sydney. Yeah. It can be really <laughs> challenging to find dinner after 10 p.m. anywhere in Sydney. Yeah. So somewhere like King Street, it feels like it. we should, we should yeah. always be able to sit down and eat and not just have something to take away. Yeah. Big or time. kick on somewhere else that is more about the booze and, and not necessarily about the food. What's it going to look like? So we have engaged for the first time, actually, um, an interior designer. So uh, Bianca Isgro, who designed the Bob Hawke Leisure Centre in Marrickville, that beautiful beautiful 70s Australiana Mm. Aussie pub vibe. All the memorabilia in the back. Yeah. 
and she table, did, she everything. did she did a fantastic job on that space and she certainly has lots of stories to tell about going to mm. regional pubs and you know um take like not not stealing but like <laughs> being inspired you know, by yeah like going and finding vintage carpet out you know out in the country and bringing it back to sydney mm-hmm. and putting it yeah things like that that we we really thought was quite interesting um so i mean it's what we're doing there is not 70s Australiana by any stretch, mm-hmm. but um, there are some really interesting elements going into the design at the moment. So when did you start thinking about the basement bar, the pleasure club and bringing that to life? The The concept and the project is about two and a half years old. I think it was just over two years ago that we came up with the name mm-hmm. um, and, and the concept broadly. Uh, we kind of refined the business plan, I guess, on a trip to uh, the US that we took this year as well. Um, We took a bunch of our senior team, um, our group executive chef and our entertainment manager over to the US, to New York, New Orleans, uh, Vegas and West Hollywood for two weeks. And the vibe of this place, I think, is going to be influenced by all of the different experiences you had in the US. That's right. That's right. Um, It's important to us that the concept isn't pigeonholed. So it's not a New Orleans jazz bar. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, a New York speakeasy. It's not a West Hollywood boozer. It's kind of something different because I feel like in the next evolution of venues in Sydney, we really have done the time and place thing. Like you can go and the you can- theme, The themed the themed bar, bars. You know. And some of them are excellent. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but I agree kind of with you. We do don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just something new and different. So we- we took at it from more of a philosophical angle around the idea of pleasure and pain, I guess. Um, and what about the live music? Do you have an idea of what kind of bands or what kind of entertainment you're going to be putting on? So what's been important to us is seeing Pleasure Club in the context of the Duke, which has a really successful live music roster. Mm-hmm. Um, the Duke is known for higher intensity um, bands. So you know, doom metal, hardcore rock, loud, loud music. Loud, definitely. Large numbers of members in bands, <laughs> yeah. like big stage, big dance floor. So we aren't committing to any particular genre as we've sort of released, but the the sort of acts that play at Pleasure Club will be sort of lower intensity, lower member, so duos, twi- trios. There'll be a beautiful baby grand piano on the stage so it will be quite different to what we do at the Duke. But what sort of um, sort of brought it on is just the sheer amount of local acts that we have in Sydney. Like our inboxes just overflow with requests from artists to play. There are so many artists and such few live music venues in New South Wales, as we've seen through recent data that the government's released. Sydney is trailing massively behind Melbourne in just spaces for live artists to play. And Mm -hmm. that's a big commitment that we've made that we want to find a space to showcase all these amazing artists. And as Um, you said, it'll be free. Will there be be any ticketed events at all? No, none. No. It's something that's really important to us across the whole group. Mm. We like pubs. So obviously our our advent um, was through pubs. Mm -hmm. We're big believers in pubs as like a social meeting place. And we don't think you can achieve that when you charge for tickets. Uh, Similarly with bars, we believe in our venues being free and open to all sort of at all all times. Um, 
Um, but we're really passionate about free live music mm -hmm. and we feel like in our venues that do it, we've achieved a business model that can sustain that, which is really exciting. And all without poker machines. Yes. So I would love to talk to you about this because you wrote a an opinion piece for Broadsheet about how Sydney, our pubs are shit. And, you know, that was that was a strong, bold statement, but it comes from a place of wanting to make sure that we have a pub, a community hub that doesn't have gambling as its crux. Yeah. I mean, that piece, for the record, I don't objectively think that Sydney's pubs are shit. Certainly <laughs> I, I own, you know, three of the best ones, I would say. It's just a really good headline, was it? it? It was trying to highlight what I think is a business case for getting rid of gaming machines. Mm -hmm. I think the moral argument's really well established in the community and certainly yeah. looking at the response to that piece and others that mm -hmm. I've written and just the broader sort of sentiment um, around that sort of media storm that seems to have died down after the election, I guess, um, is that people know that we need change. Mm -hmm. um, but there is there is more than just a moral reason to get them out. They actually do um, create a third profit centre that unfortunately business doing what business does will will make other profit centres subservient to it if, um, if it's lucrative enough. And it certainly is. There's also um, just on the live music piece um, briefly, there's a strong argument to say that when Paul Keating um, uh, introduced poker machines into pubs in the 1990s, the spaces that they took up, you know, all of these pubs suddenly need to find, find they needed to find a space to put all the machines. And mm. the room that was taken was sort of the, the spare room off to the back, which usually was the room that was used for live music. Certainly the, the stage at the Duke was built right smack bang on top of the old gaming room mm. on plans from council. Um, and uh, earlier in my career, every, every pub I worked at, the gaming room was the old band room. Mm. You know, super mm. sad. It is um, sad. That sort of had the effect of making live music even more peripheral. Um, which I, I sort of argue in that piece is, has contributed to the situation we've found ourselves in. And How challenging was it to get the small bars licence? I think the story of the DA being approved got so much traction because it's kind of seen as a sort of landmark or a line in the sand out of a real period of cynicism from, from a planning and regulatory perspective um, into a period now where that that cynicism isn't present, and the question is not why. It's not why. It's why not. Mm. Our proposal was coherent um, with all the planning regulations and and liquor laws, and so there was no reason not to grant it. Certainly, it's in a basement space, which is perfect from a sound attenuation point of view. I'm excited about Pleasure Club. I think it will be a great addition to Sydney. I hope that we'll be able to drop in there most nights of the week if it's seven days free entertainment and with sets Time. kicking off from 1am. Yeah. Thanks for coming in and telling us all about it. No worries. Thanks for having me. And that's all we have time for today. As always, you can keep up to date with what's happening around Sydney at broadsheet.com.au and at broadsheet underscore Sid on Instagram. A listener production.